0: Good day, friends of this good word. Uh, I am so excited to be uh, letting you in on a couple of announcements. Number one is that I, to be honest, I have been having so many good conversations with guests lately uh, that I that I they have actually been piling up. To be totally honest, and I want you to hear them because they're so good. Uh, so for the next several weeks, I'll be uh, I'll be putting out two podcasts a week. One on Tuesdays, those will be with my guests, and then the one on Thursdays, I'm going to be starting a new conversation, a series actually on God. God part one, part two, part three, however long it takes. I want to talk about the expansive God, the ineffable God, the mysterious God, the God that we cannot fit into systematic theologies or boxes, the God that is Always surprising us, the God that we can't pin down, the God that is always making all things new. There's some passages of scripture that I want to walk you through, and there's some ideas that I want to walk you through that have been brewing in me for quite some time now. So uh, that is very exciting. Number two, I have created a Patreon page. Patreon is a way that uh, followers of certain podcasts or certain artists can support the artists that they listen to for a very small amount of money per month in exchange for lots of cool stuff. So the lots of cool stuff that I'd like to give all my patrons is the first two chapters of my next book I have available immediately uh, via a PDF. Uh, the book is called Whole, Restoring What is Broken in Me, You, and the Entire World. It's coming out in August, but I want to give you these first two chapters for uh, immediately for all patrons. And then for those who decide to support at a little bit of a higher level, I want to give access to the This Good Word online community so that you all can take the conversation farther. I've heard from so many of you that you want to keep talking about these topics. Well, uh, become a patron and you can. Also, I'll be putting out uh, another piece of weekly content. Many times it'll be writing. Sometimes it'll be a video. Sometimes it'll be extra footage of podcast guests. But it'll be available only to patrons. Uh, So please head over to my Patreon page. You can get there by going to patreon.com slash thisgoodword. Thank you so much, gang. Uh, I I love uh, hearing from you. I love the impact that this good word seems to be having all around the world. And uh, I would appreciate uh, being in it together.
1: And when they look at me, they're going to say, oh, she's that girl who had the eating disorder. And so I was really afraid to put that first book out there. And when it came out, I couldn't believe the response. Um, Women came out of the woodwork, women who I looked at and thought had it all together, who looked perfect, um, came out of the woodwork and said, you know what, me too.
0: That was Lee Bloom, my friend who has written a really, really fabulous new book called Brave is the New Beautiful, finding the courage to be the real you. Lee is this passionate, energetic person. She loves to help women find hope and healing from perfectionism, addiction. And uh, she works as a mental health practitioner in the field of eating disorders and chemical dependency. And this book is so personal, it's so honest, and it's so hopeful. It's primarily written for women, but I think anyone could find uh, just lots and lots of gold nuggets in here. Uh, Lee is really, really, she's on to something beautiful here. So enjoy the conversation and then go out and get her new book, Brave is the New Beautiful, Finding the Courage to Be the Real You. I'll put a link on the show notes. Just go to steveweens.com slash show notes or find her book on Amazon. Enjoy hi Lee hi
1: Steve
0: man it is so good to have you here I know we've been talking about doing this for several months now uh, in anticipation of your book coming out and now it is out yeah brave is the new the new beautiful so I want to ask you just uh, I know this is your second book Lee so what's different uh, around releasing your second book as opposed to your first book
1: there's a lot different, but I can tell you that it was the first book that spurred me on to write the second book. Yeah. Um, when I wrote my first book, Table in the Darkness, um, it was about my struggle with an eating disorder. And I was pretty scared to put the book out there. Um, it was a very vulnerable book. It was about my life when I was in my 20s. I struggled with depression, um, a severe eating disorder, and suicide. Yeah. And all I could think about was when the women in my community read this book, they're gonna judge me. And when they look at me, they're gonna say, oh, she's that girl who had the eating disorder. And so I was really afraid to put that first book out there. And when it came out, I couldn't believe the response. Um, Women came out of the woodwork, women who I looked at and thought had it all together, who looked perfect, um, came out of the woodwork and said, you know what? Me too. Not me too, I struggled exactly the way you did, but me too, I understand what it feels like to not feel good enough. I understand what it feels like to feel anxious. Um, I struggle with depression or I'm struggling in my marriage. And so I started thinking, why do we do this as women? Why, especially in the Christian church, we, most of the time on the way to church, We have arguments in the car with my kids or, you know, and then we get to church and we put on our masks and we, we look like we have it all together. And the reality is, is that everyone is fighting a battle that you don't know about. And so I started really kind of asking myself, why do we do that as women? And what can we do differently? And that's really how this book was born, um, Brave is a New Beautiful. I really wanted to explore women and women in the church and really encourage women to stop the act yeah. and to really step out in bravery, which often feels like intense fear, and say, hey, I have a story, and it's not very pretty, and, you know, obviously... God is going to be the healer of that story, but what about the times when we're in the middle of it? We need each other. So um, I read this quote by C.S. Lewis, and that was really kind of what birthed this book. Um, And it's something along the lines of um, that moment when one, it's one man says to another, but I changed it to woman. When one woman says to another, what? Or yes, me too. I thought I was the only one. Mm -hmm. And so I... Wanted this book to really explore that. So, what I ended up doing was, um, I thought, well, I need to interview women. I need to find these women. And where am I going to find these women? Thinking, oh, I should probably do like a thing on Facebook or do some sort of search for these women. And of course, you know, like the writing is right in front of me. These women were my next door neighbor or sitting next to me at church or the lady in the grocery store but oftentimes we don't take that step to ask, yeah. "Hey, what's going on in your life? You know, what what are you struggling with?" Yeah. And and really encourage women to to drop that mask. So this book has been really I wrote the book to myself. Yeah. To tell myself like I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not playing this game, and I want to also encourage other women to do the same. Yeah. So I would say this book has been extraordinarily challenging because it's my life right now. Right. And um, like I mentioned, it's something the message I felt like God had given me to work out in my own life. And when you write a book about something, then you have to live it out.
0: <laughs> right? yeah. Really? Oh, man.
1: <laughs> so I write a book about bravery, and then God puts all these things in my life where I have to be brave. I'm like, the next book I'm going to write is going to be about napping. (laughs) So then I get all these opportunities to take a nap because writing about bravery then forces me, if I'm going to tell other women to do these things, then I have to do it too. And so that has been quite the challenge, but I, you know, I'm up for the challenge for sure.
0: Well, I think it's especially challenging because bravery is not something you accomplish. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's it's something you can look back on your day and say, I was brave in those three right. or four times, you know. Right. But it's never 100%, right? And so it, it's this thing you're it, – it, and that's where I think vulnerability comes in. Like, it's not something – bravery is not something you master. Right. Right. I mean, right. it's something you live into. It's something you – Notice. It's something you
1: yes, I did that. You know, right. you
0: celebrate, right?
1: Or you don't feel like yes, I did that. Right. You cry under your covers like right. what am I doing? Right. And I think vulnerability is the exact same thing. Vulnerability right. is one of those things where you're never gonna master it. It's I don't know if it will ever feel like, hey, I'm vulnerable, right. this is awesome, right? <laughs> um
0: put it on our business card. Right.
1: I'm the most vulnerable, vulnerable. person in the world. Um you know but it is one of those things where if we don't if if we don't connect with each other and cultivate community through vulnerability and bravery we then live our lives in these places of shame yeah. and you know i love how beth moore always describes our pit of shame mm-hmm. we get there and then we hang up curtains we put a couch there and then we stay there Yeah. and the only way to step out of that pit of shame is really to step out in bravery and tell someone and say somebody in in a safe community. Yeah. Um, and say, you know, this is this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, and my and the first chapter of the book talks about, you know, me having to kind of face this on my own. Somebody said to me, "Hey, you uh, another therapist said you probably need to go back into therapy."
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, "What? <laughs> I'm author, I'm like, you know, out speaking, I'm vulnerable and I'm doing all these things and I need, there's more stuff I need to work on, which was really hard. And so for me, bravery was sitting back in that chair again and saying, okay, you know, let's figure this out. What, what I need to work on.
0: Actually, that was one of my questions as I was yeah. reading through that book and you you're, so you're back in the therapist's office and your therapist says this thing to you that kind of makes you a little mad, right? I mean, yeah. it would have pissed me off. She said, You're not vulnerable. Right. So tell that story. If you would, I mean, you told her the book, so tell that story. She
1: still says it. And um, she's like, You're vulnerable when you can control it. Right. And so that was something about vulnerability I never realized. Um, vulnerability is not when I say, Okay, for this hour, I'm going to say what I want to say mm. and write it all out. You know, because when I speak or yeah. I get on a, a radio mm-hmm. show or a podcast, I know in my head what I want to say. Yeah. Um, but that's not vulnerability, really. Because vulnerability is, is stepping into those very fearful places with somebody else Mm -hmm. and letting them in. And so I'm still, I'm still working on that. Um, I think the biggest thing that helped me was these women who I write about in the book, they did that with me. Yeah. Like they came to me and said, well, once I asked them to be in the book, um, they shared with me kind of their most intimate parts of themselves and trusted me with it. Yeah. And I thought, you know, who am I that they, they trust me with this, not only trust me with it, but trust that I can appropriately share their story in my voice. Um, And so then it, it helped me to start working on my own vulnerability, but I think it, you know, it definitely, you know, I'm cautious with who I'm going to be vulnerable with and I'm, um, it, which is funny because I write books about like my own stuff. Right. But there's other pieces that I that are like no territory zones where, you know, right. don't enter. <laughs> These right. are rooms that you cannot go into. And I'm not saying that we walk around and and kind of barf all over each other. Right. I'm not saying that. Um, but I am saying that those parts of ourselves, if we want to grow intimate in our relationship with God, we have to, to learn to do that with other people and then with God as well yeah. or with God first and then with other people.
0: Yeah.
1: And the biggest thing that I, I would say, you know, I think in this culture, if you look around at Facebook and you look around at what we fill our minds with every day, you know, I, this was also why the book was so important to me is because we, and I do it all the time. We compare our highlight reels to people's behind, we compare our behind the scenes to yes. people's highlight reels. And, for me, even though I know that's maybe not the accurate picture, I can so quickly look at what somebody else is doing and think, "Oh, they've got it all together." You know, there's something wrong with me or or jealousy or competition, and I just really I would love to see women kind of knocking that off.
0: That is so good. That's why I think it's good that you differentiate vulnerability from bravery, and I think you're right, they're sort of one and the same. But I think, like you said, um, vulnerability isn't saying every single thing that you think. Right. You know, and sharing every single secret. Right. Yikes. I mean, that's not even healthy. Um, But what is the brave thing? Like, what is the thing that I need to show up with today or in this moment that I'm afraid to show up with, but I know I need to? Right.
1: Right. And what is it that in order for me to grow? Yeah. We don't grow if we stay exactly where we are. You know, we're we're perfectly unfinished. Yeah. And I think...
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I actually... Did you write I, that? Did you coin that? No.
1: I actually, I work in the, a hospital. I work yeah. for with patients who struggle with eating disorders. And I walked in a room and one girl had it on her wall. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that is so good. We are perfectly unfinished. But yet women often say... You know, they they put on this air of perfection,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the reality is, everyone wants to be perfect, but nobody wants to be around perfect.
0: Right. Right. That's it. That's totally. I don't it. like being around perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's because obnoxious. then what happens? I feel inadequate. I feel inadequate.
1: I walk into your perfect house. I look at your perfect life that you've shown me, and then I feel less than. Yeah. And how does that cultivate community? Yeah. It doesn't, but we all kind of do it. Yeah. And then you have that one friend, which I have, that allows me to see kind of her messy house and allows me to see her as she is. Mm-hmm. And that to me, that's so refreshing because then she trusts me enough to show me who she really is.
0: Yeah. And i th- that's a gift. It's a gift to have. Or, you know, another way is like who are the people that will say the things to you that need yeah. to be said? Yes. Even if it causes some conflict, you know? Right. And that's another form, I think, of bravery or vulnerability uh, that, that we're not just sharing things that are secrets, you know, but we're sometimes willing to say, yeah. I have something to say to you and I want to be kind, but, right, you know. And
1: I think it starts, so I, I think there's a process yeah. here. I think there is a process in which we, and this isn't just for women, but I've just noticed this um, being a little bit more intense in, in the women, the women yeah. culture. But I think it's a process of when we step back and start to really start to accept our brains, our bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a whole nother podcast about just radically accepting the body that God gave you yeah. versus the body you think you're supposed to have. Yeah. And women spend most of their lives trying to have a body that they think they're supposed to have when God's like, no, this is kind of the body you've been given. So why don't you radically accept your brains, your body, and your baggage? Mm. So I was, you know, writing my story. I wrote it so that I could help other women. But there's also some, you know, that's my baggage. And it's really scary to share that baggage. But I'm starting to find when I just accept, you know what, this is the story. This is the journey I'm on. It's mine and it's not hers. And the journey, then I can look at her and I can say, tell me about your journey. It's not my journey. It's different. But then I can celebrate her. Yeah. So I think it takes a lot of us being able to accept who God made us to be, our gifts and our faults. Mm-hmm. And then when we can start to do that, then we have more room to go out to somebody else and say, yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of looking and being jealous, we're saying, you know what, I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to to encourage you. But I don't think we can do that until we really kind of have to do the work to accept who we are and who God made us to be.
0: Okay. Um, You open the book. It, It was such a painful but powerful story.
1: Yes.
0: So you are speaking at your church. Yes. And um, the person is introducing you and they sort of fumble over the name. And you're the essentially the warm-up speaker. Yes. For, could Please tell that story because I think that sets the stage for um, what I see happening with, with women is just this intense comparison with each other. Right. Intense. Um, and so please tell that story. It's so well written and it's so poignant.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's an awful <laughs> moment, but um, You know, I spent most of my life not feeling good enough. That was really what my struggle was underneath my eating disorder and um, Kind of this striving for perfection and I see that women vacillate between Not feeling good enough or feeling too much so when my book got published I was waiting for that kind of I've arrived feeling and it never came. (laughs) Oh no, me too. And when I was asked to speak, I was asked to speak at my own church alongside a woman whose book was published at the same time mine was. Well, this woman is very, very, very um, popular and very well known. And so I got on stage well, yes, they introduced me and it's my church and where I've been coming for 20 years and They kind of fumbled over my name. Um, They didn't really, it was as if I was invisible. Mm -hmm. And I got up and spoke and then I sat down and they said, well, both women will be available for a book signing. So I stood and I waited and I waited for all those women to come, you know, because this was my moment. I had spent eight years writing this book. They were going to sign my book and they were going to praise me and they were going to tell me how great I was. And nobody came. The line just walked by me to her. And I stood there so embarrassed, first of all. Yeah. I'm in my own church. Um, I'm unseen, invisible. And then I'm looking at her, and I'm like, what have I done wrong? Why is she so popular? What, you know? What, why is she so great? And I was horribly jealous. Yeah. Um, then somebody asked me to drive her back to her hotel.
0: Oh, my <laughs> and gosh.
1: So, I, I drove her back to her hotel, and she was the nicest woman. Yeah. I mean, so wonderful. And I cried, probably for a week, um, and was really like, I'm done, I'm not gonna yeah. write anymore, I'm not, and it was one of those moments where I really had to take a step back and ask myself, okay, you know, why are you doing this,
0: Lee? Yeah. Are,
1: you, are you doing this as another? But the other piece is this whole scene pressed all my buttons. I mean, <laughs> every button, Feeling <laughs> inadequate, feeling less than, feeling invisible, feeling like the, the backup, the the warm-up person, you know. And and I really came out of this experience with a whole new perspective of I don't write for applause. Mm-hmm. I don't write for accolades. I write because I want to help people. Yeah. And that's my why, and that's why I do it. So if nobody ever signs my book, that's okay. Um, and actually... You know, you and I were talking about Richard Rohr, and one of the things he says is um, pray for a humiliation every day. Yeah. And so my girlfriend just texted me yesterday. She said, So are you praying for a humiliation every day? I'm like, No, I'm not. That's terrible. I, I, you know, I get enough of it. Yeah. But praise God that I had that kind of moment of really asking myself why I was doing something, because I think we can get so sucked in to you know, the likes, I see my kids doing that. How many likes am I getting? Who's paying attention? And am I writing for that? Or am I writing because I believe God is, you know, the, the whole, that quote of, "You have, there's no greater agony than an untold story inside of you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I continue to have these untold stories, and I continue to see them, and I'm just going to keep doing that and if it helps people and serves God, that's all that matters. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a really awful moment.
0: <laughs> well, that is, I mean, that's like a nightmare. I mean, yeah. like, if they were trying to make you feel bad, yeah. which they weren't. Of no, course they weren't. No. But I don't know what else they might have done, you know, to make you feel right. like, bad. Including having to, them walk past your book table to right. get to hers. Um,
1: it wasn't intentional, though, either. Of course you know? And so of that was the not. thing is, is it wasn't intentional, but we've all had those moments in our lives. It felt, it felt just like you know, being on the playground and not being invited yeah. or being in the lunchroom. And unfortunately, you know, we've all had them, but it's a good reminder yeah. of, you know, is that what you're searching for? And then when I, and it's kind of back to that same thing, when I take a step back and ask why I'm doing this, then I can celebrate that woman. Like, yeah. look at her. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. She's, you know, like some some of these Christian authors. That's the plan God has for them, and, and I can celebrate her when I know my own why, when sure. I know why I'm doing something.
0: I love that. And also, um, I mean, it's like uh, I think Rob Bell says – You know success stories aren't very interesting no they aren't (laughs) i i spoke to thousands of people and i crushed it isn't that great you know like (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, that's
0: awesome versus i mean and i thought it was so beautiful that you start your book with this story that's really so well written and so painful i mean So we're – I mean, I'm a man. I'm reading this book for women. I'm, like, weeping. You know, like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Um, But it's so – it's such an invitation into, hey, will you face your stuff? Because we've – in whatever scenario, you know, some of us have had worse um, failures. And that wasn't a failure, but it feels like a failure. It felt like a failure. It
1: felt like – it felt like – at the moment, it felt like God had led me – um, had tricked me. Right. Oh, I totally. felt tricked. Totally. You know, and I don't think any of it was intentional. And I, don't, and I think, I don't know what the plan was, but I do know that God definitely taught me out of it. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like, I think we strive for these lives that are going to be without problems. And there's a quote in the book that one of my friends who had to give up, She's her story is in the book about how she had to give up these adopted kids. And it's a Rick Warren quote about, if you're not in some sort of trial, right, you're either, something about, you're either coming into a trial or you're coming out of one. But to think that we are just gonna cruise through life, I mean, you can do that, but you don't grow and you don't um, change and you, you know, you don't grow closer to God in, in that process because then you're just writing, you know, writing life and enjoying it, but.
0: Yeah. How fun is that? And I don't know too many people that even are. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. cr- crushing it, killing it. Right. Like, hey, I'm 46 years old, and I've really had a pretty good life. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. Really? You know, um, well, actually, this is a great next question. What role does struggle play in our spiritual formation, do you think?
1: Oh, that's a really, really good question. Um, well, I mean, we just came off Easter. Yeah. So I, to think that... that you know, Jesus showed us his own struggle. He showed us his 40 days in the desert, you know, and we yet, we, we are so afraid of that. And and that's kind of that piece that my therapist was talking about. You know, I'm okay with a little struggle. Like, these, these struggles over here that yeah. I've picked out, like, those are okay. But struggles like losing a child or cancer or um, other stories that are in the book— I'm not okay with those struggles. Like those are those are non-territory struggles, and none of us are immune from them. Right. So I think if we, we're we're totally, um, you know, magical thinking, if we think <laughs> that we are going to get through life without some sort of struggle, right. and then those struggles are kind of the things that um, either bring you closer to God or bring you away from God. Yeah. And um, my hope is that people's struggles can bring them closer to God. But I also think we have to do struggle in community. Yeah. And that's the piece that I think Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest take away from us mm-hmm. because we get to just show all these highlights and, you know, we're kind of not giving the, the true what's really going on. Not saying we all need to do that because we've all had a person on Facebook who over shares, Oh yeah, <laughs> right? But, I, but really finding a community and um, people that you can share with. Oh, and earlier you said something that reminded me. Um, I was with my girlfriends last Wednesday. We get together every Wednesday while our kids are at church and we go have wine. We call it Wednesday's wine. Nice. And um, we only get an hour. So... Um,
0: you have to drink fast then. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> um, and so one of my girlfriends, we were talking about why don't we ever like to, to kind of take the next step. I I actually brought this up to take the next step in our relationship. Why don't we ask each other for feedback Mm. and what would that look like? Mm. If I said to one of my very close friends, will you give me feedback? That's scary, right? right? When you talk about like being in communication and in community and relationship with each other, but we all said, you know, we didn't do it then, but we're all like that, that would help us grow. If, yeah. if in, in a, a safe relationship we said, hey, can you give me feedback on
0: this? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'd love to see more people doing that.
0: Well, one question um, some friends of mine and I used to ask each other and for some, well, just different time of life, but was how do you experience me? You yeah. Know, or how are you experiencing me these days? Right. You know, and, and then that's like, well, okay, yeah, I mean, I, you're, and you know, I'm. I'm. You're, you seem distant to me. Why is right. that? And so, um, I really do think so many of us want to hear that and talk about that, but without the invitation, you know, right. or, or like it's hard. Like without the permission of the rule, like right? The, the, right. Hey, you know, we're we're going to give each other feedback. So right. now, now we know. What to do. I mean, that's such a gift, right? Right.
1: But and we don't do it enough.
0: No, we don't. And no, I. Don't. And I think. Because we're afraid. We're living in the pit of shame, you know, and and we're afraid everyone's going to reveal the, you know, that thing that we don't want anyone to know.
1: Well, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning with, like, me thinking in my community that because I struggled with depression and anxiety and an eating disorder that people were going to think bad of me, you know, but yet when we bring our stories to the light, when we really bring them out they don't have any power over us anymore so the more we can get them out of our minds and get them out into the light then they they lose their power which is is really awesome and then we can go out and be we can't all these things hinder us i think from being the people god created us to be yeah it hindered me you know because here i am at this book thing you know looking at this other woman and maybe there was somebody there i was supposed to talk to but i was too you know, in my own head about how I wasn't good enough. Yeah. So I was missing, maybe I was missing opportunities that God had for me because I was kind of all stuck in my own shame.
0: Right. Oh, it's so hard to not, though. I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. And I think we were talking about social media. I actually have an emerging theory on social media is that we're, we're and, and this is me, like I'm talking about me, I think I scroll I, I started to ask, what am I looking for? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, Instagram's fun. Like, I, yeah. I think I kind of am on Instagram looking for, because I only follow kind of my friends. On, and I just oh, yeah, that's fun. But Facebook and Twitter, I am looking for validation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking for
1: validation.
0: Right. Me too. I'm, I, I am looking for who shares and mm-hmm. retweets and likes and some of that is the author's curse like we, we have to cultivate our platforms right
1: because you have your and, editor saying like hey what's, what kind of platform right, do you have right yeah. and
0: I mean honestly it's like yeah I mean we, you and I wouldn't publish books unless we wanted people to read them right you know <laughs> right. some of that is ego but some of that is just we want to help people, right. and so and we help people by actually selling books, and so, <laughs> right? Um, and so it's this catch twenty two of like, well, I, I sort of do have to stay on this, and I have to sort of share like thoughts that make people want to read more of my thoughts, right? And right. that's all part of it. And right. I signed up for it, so did you? Right, right. We don't love it, but right. we do it. But I can be sitting there at nine fifteen at night, like yeah, like searching Lee for validation.
1: And, and doing nothing, like, you're you're doing it mindlessly.
0: Mindlessly. Yeah, on and,
1: automatic pilot and you just... And, used.
0: absolutely. Scrolling. Scrolling. <laughs> and here's what I noticed. I get some validation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and, and so do you.
1: Yeah. We really do.
0: It's never enough, so I always walk away feeling disappointed. Yeah. Honestly.
1: Well, it's very similar to the scale. Yeah. So when I had an eating disorder... Um, I would weigh myself every day, and it. I, I in my first book I talk about it like Turkish delight from C.S. Lewis, Line Witch in the Wardrobe. Yeah, and I think social media is the exact same way, and I think the scale is the exact same way, yeah. and beauty is the exact exactly. same yep. way yep. where, you know, Edmund's taking the Turkish delight and eating it and eating it and eating it, but it's never enough. Yeah. And so when you have an eating disorder, you know, it was, oh, I'm going to be this weight and then I'll be happy. Yeah. And nope, nope. then I'll be this weight and then yep. I'll be happy. Yep. And you had to, I had to start asking myself at what weight does my life begin? Right. And then same with social media, like <sighs> is my life beginning right now or is it going to begin when I'm the author that people cheer Yeah. or, you know, and so we really have to ask those questions about ourselves, which is is hard yeah. and you're right. I mean, I, I was involved in this platform conversation with a whole bunch of really famous Christian authors last weekend on Twitter yeah. and I don't know how I got involved, but yeah. I'm on the string and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm with the cool kids. Like this is so cool and it sucked so much of my day. And yeah. what was the point? Right. right i mean i was just waiting waiting kind of for that applause and i think that's just something i think with social media you we're going to have to find the ten- live in the yeah. tension yeah. for forever especially as an author but yep. but i do think it it can be very deadly when um i my biggest thing is we need to be looking eyeball to eyeball with yeah. people yeah. and when you're not doing that when you're spending most of your time in relationships on social media you got to Take yeah. a step back and say, "How many eyeballs have I seen this yeah. week?" You
0: know, or, or 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 just yes, yes, and or or how many experiences have I had where I just experienced it? You right. know, versus I'm going to tweet this or take a picture of this. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like um, and I am I am for social media. Actually, I am pro social media. I am I'm even like pro platform. Yeah, do your platform, share your stuff help people <laughs> Woo, you know yeah yes let's not demonize that um it's not the devil it can become completely demoralizing though if you don't see eyeball to eyeball with friends right. that you're drinking wine with on a wednesday night right. and, and saying, asking, let's give feedback Yeah,
1: let's give feedback and we're
0: gonna be safe you can tell me a hard thing we're still safe yes and that's what i think is tough about um wow well, now yeah, tough about Twitter is because all of a sudden we're on one side or the other. You know, it's one side or the other. Like that platform conversation. Right. Oh my God, you know, one side or the other. And then, and there, and there are two valid sides and maybe more than valid sides, you know, but right. that now we're going to line up and we're going to. Well,
1: and it's also who's going to say the pithiest thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. and I can never say the pithiest thing. So yes. I just sit there and, oh. And quick. And quick. Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. Um, who inspires you?
1: Oh, that's a great question <sighs> who inspires me there's a lot of people that inspire me um, do you mean authors or I guess you know who inspires me uh, Parker Palmer and mm. um, Henry Nowen yeah. so somebody asked me recently if I could be on an island and only had a certain amount of books whose would I bring Yeah. and I think I would bring Parker Palmer and mm. Henry Nowen mm. um, because the way so what inspires me more than anything in my life is words and which is why i write books and why i love to write um and when i can read another author and it helps me understand faith and life and helps me be inspired then i just i get so energized by that and life of the beloved by henry nowen I've read that book like three times, and I talk about it in, in this book because he just over and over says, you know, God adores you. And I had a friend who was a chaplain who said that to me one time. Um, I said something negative, self defeat, you know, and defeating yeah. about myself. And she's like, oh, Lee, but God adores you. I'm like, oh, no, God does not adore <laughs> me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. do you know my story? Like God does not adore me. And she got tears in her eyes yeah. and said, yes, he does. Yeah. And I think I will struggle with that the rest of my life because I, I'm like, how can you adore me, God? Like, hmm. how can you be fond of me? But scripturally, he says that, you know, you're my beloved. And that's something that if an author can do that and and teach me to live my life differently, then I'm very inspired by it. I'm also super inspired by Brene Brown, of course. Right. Um, well, we were just talking about Richard Rohr. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just those people who can bring words to just sometimes when I have books, and this is really cheesy, but like if I love a book so much, I will lay when I finish it, I'll I'll lay it on my chest yeah. and just lay there with it because yeah. I'm like, this just is so good. Yeah. So
0: no i'm I'm with you. I love I love love books mm-hmm. um, as well and and i I love the those folks that you said
1: and you know who else I just have to say inspires me um, I you know, as I mentioned I, I've worked for ten years at a hospital with patients who struggle with eating disorders mm-hmm. and patients yep. inspire me. Yep. and because you know when you walk around in the world, you know you're people are, are doing their thing. But in a hospital setting, when people are at their, their most broken points, you get to see the most vulnerable and realness of a human being. I don't know any other place where you yeah. see it, you yeah. know, and especially I work with people who struggle with chemical dependency. Mm-hmm. And so sitting in a, in a, in a group where they're just really sharing their deepest struggles, that inspires me yeah. because then they're just being human yeah. and being real. And then. Um, watching them grow and change is, is one of the most beautiful and challenging experience experiences as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> Heavy stuff. We need a joke.
0: <laughs> no. Well, my next question certainly not a joke. Um, where is God?
1: Why are you asking me that? I'm no theologian. <laughs> Why are you asking me that question? Where is God? Um, I think God is in all of us, um, and I don't mean that in a way that's like you know blasphemous. You're good. You're good. Um, I, and it could be that I'm an extrovert, but um, I, we. I see Jesus when I see like somebody hugging or somebody um, just sitting and listening to somebody or somebody crying with somebody else. Like that's that to me is when I see Jesus. When I and that's when I feel god Um, that's where i I feel god is god is here with us you know um i feel like he's he's crying with us i mean Mm -hmm. some of these stories in in my book you know were so hard to read to write because i'm like how do you love god after this and that's the part that was so brave of these women. Yeah. You know, my, my friend whose um, father got charged with sexual molestation and she has four girls and how does she move forward in her life? And yet she loves God. And that to me, helps me love God. Yeah. So I, I would say, I see God in people. Um, I see God in people more than I see him in nature. Yeah. Even though I love nature, I just feel like, um, I feel like he's in people.
0: Beautiful. I love that answer. That's why I asked you that question.
1: (laughs) That made me very nervous. I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) You did great.
0: I loved it. Um, Okay, last question. Is there anything you wished I would have asked you that I didn't?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, No. Um, Silence. Um, No. No. I guess, you know what? Hmm. I just, I think I just want women to also understand about what beauty is so I think that goes into that question of where's God Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that goes back to the question of who inspires me Um, when I look at a woman who is Sitting there sharing the most painful part of herself and you look in her eyes That's beauty Um, And that's not the kind of beauty that you see in magazines right that that's what that's what beautiful is i think we get we get it all confused like i just want to look beautiful and people are beautiful when you see their hearts yeah and we need to just who cares what you're wearing or what you look like like let's look at each other's eyes and see what's going on in their hearts and that is way more beautiful than any sort of supermodel wouldn't you? Wouldn't you oh, agree? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. You know, um, and so I think b- we didn't talk a lot about beauty, but that's why the book is called "Brave Is the New Beautiful," because I think there's a beauty out there that we're not we're not realizing. We get, we can get so stuck on beautiful pictures and beautiful bodies and beautiful clothes when it's really the heart of somebody and the pain of somebody that and the 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 resilience that is within the human spirit is. That's really beautiful. And when I when I think of my friends, my my closest and dearest friends, most of the time, I don't even know what they look like anymore, you know, because yeah. I'm not looking at what they look like. I'm looking at who they are and our relationship. And as women, if we can start to cultivate more of that, then, then I'd be so, I wouldn't write another word because I would just, that would make me just very, very happy to see more of that.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Um, and I think that's one of the, it, it's just, again, I don't think we arrive at that either. I You know, no. you know I think um, part of it is because our, our culture is so saturated with a certain kind of beauty that's mm-hmm. young. Yep. And then, I mean, I lately, so I, I turned 46 this year, and my gray beard and my saggy eyes, and I've gained weight this year, and I, I went to the doctor for my you know annual physical and there was a number there was a weight number mm-hmm. and I'm like okay that's the top end yeah. like if I if I'm close to that number I'm going to feel bad yeah if I'm over that number good lord and I'm a, I'm a man <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm <gonna laughs> right. imagine this, how right? women yeah and i i was over that number and i just so even like 46 year old Steve Wiens, author man dad who cares dad but I feel like I have to fight that, 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 you know, thin washboard abs, young. And so,
1: um, especially when you look in the, I think I, I, I'm the same way, you know, I'm 44 and you look in the mirror and you can see, you know, it going away and you're like, I want to change it. And even, you know, what's so, so ironic and. Like, this is something I normally don't tell people, so this is vulnerable, okay. is um, in my author photo, my friend took the photo, and I have, like, these wrinkles in between my eyes that drive me nuts, and so I made her Photoshop them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, here I am, out promoting, but I'm like, I don't want those, those awful wrinkles. I can't, I'm not going to get Botox, but at least I can do Photoshop, Good right? for you, But I think, well,
0: and, okay, I'm, I'm so glad you shared that, actually, because I think right we're talking to Lee Bloom she wrote two books on this thing and so but yeah i mean you know what i mean like you're not, I'm still human yes yeah. and so and, and the the goal is not to attain this this zen like state where i don't even realize i have a body you know, Right. that right. is not it right. it's actually to radically love your yes. body and your being and yourself and to understand that you are loved by god and to understand that God is in you, and that's not blasphemous, that's Genesis 1 and 2. Right. That is absolutely biblical, just wisdom, right. that God put God's spirit in us, and we are created in the image of God, male and female, created in God's image, not just men, men and women, right there in the scriptures, Genesis one twenty six, and so, um, and, that is a, journey, it is a journey that is a journey towards mm-hmm. and i think we have to realize ah uh, the self hatred is too high today the shame talk is too big today and so i need I, and i'm going toward all the things that numb me out and so i need i, I need something from god that i'm not getting so, right right you know and that's it, the invitation back to god and back to grace and yes. back to your
1: it's it, just this constant you know. returning that's yeah. really what it is it's yeah. a constant returning um for me, it's a constant returning back to God. Oh, yes, God, you adore me. It's a constant returning. Yeah. It's, and I don't think there is no arrival, you no. know? There is, there is no arrival. It's, it's resting in that, that kind of in-between place of I'm going to live out my life like this and I'm going to ex- radically accept mm-hmm. the things of this world mm-hmm. and still hope for something better. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Love it, Lee. Uh, Lee Wolf Bloom, Brave is the New Beautiful, Finding the Courage to Be the Real You. Uh, can we get on your blog and read that you stuff? You Yeah. Uh, I can't even, I can't remember what your website is. It's
1: just Lee Wolf Bloom, and it's Lee, L E E W O L F E N B L U M dot com.
0: So check out Lee's work and really get this book. It's really, it's really beautifully written. Thank you. And it's not um, like, some people, when you read them, you can tell. Oh man, they were trying real hard to write well. <laughs> you, know? like, um, you write so beautifully in a, but it's very easy to read and effortless. And so it, it doesn't. F- I'm not trying hard when I read you. I'm just <laughs> yeah. oh, it's really well written, and the thank message you. is so, 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 so good. Um, so thank you so much for um, being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, every time I end with the same. It's kind of a mantra, but it's um, it, so the um, the kind of byline for this good word is reclaiming what's holy about our humanity. Mm-hmm. So we're we are um, limited and limitless. We are dust and breath. We are human and holy, and we're in it together. So. Um, that's what I want you to know. And that's, that's a also, good word.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good.
0: Um, okay. Thanks, Lee. Yeah, uh, thank make you. sure to thank check you. out Lee's book. Brave is the new beautiful finding the courage to be the real you. Hey everybody. I'm Steve Weens, and this is my podcast where I explore humanity, spirituality, and mystery one word at a time. For more about my work, my writing, my preaching, my books, and all that good stuff, head on over to steveweens.com.